This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome into another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And the first man, apparently, to declare for the 2024 Royal Rumble from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jay Hood. I wish you luck, Jay Hood, and I hope you last longer than Chelsea Green did in the Women's Rumble this year. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, that uh, entrant, uh, that's the women's Royal Rumble. Not oh, women. wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Why not? Why not? Uh, so let's go ahead and dive into that because it appears that we are on a collision course after Cody Rhodes won the uh, men's Royal Rumble, uh, in, in which kicked off the show, by the way. Men's Royal Rumble. He's the winner to be on that collision course with the bloodline in Roman Reigns. However... One of the biggest pops in the last couple of years. I would say it's the biggest pop post-pandemic in WWE when Sami Zayn took that chair to the back of Roman Reigns. If you were Triple H, you're Paul Levesque, you got that pencil, how are you booking that main event picture for WrestleMania in a few weeks in Los Angeles? Bro, let's go right ahead. It's your guy. I mean, what a moment. It all sort of paid out. I have to wear the honorary oose. I feel like only one more time, RIP to the bloodline. I do feel like that's sort of the end of them. But, like, Sammy is it. Sammy is the moment. Like, that needs to be the main event of WrestleMania. I know Nate today said it should be Charlotte and Rhea. He might be a little biased in that regard. Jay no. <laughs> does not agree. <laughs> so the way I'm booking it is, even though they sort of announced, which I don't get, Elimination Chamber being for the U.S. title, like, I would have booked an Elimination Chamber, get you a world title shot. Sammy wins that. It's Sammy Roman night one, Roman Cody night two. Because at this point, and I've seen a lot of people point it out, Cody is going down that path that we saw in AEW where the fans sort of turn on him, which we sort of saw with Roman, where it's a little too much Cody. Because Sammy is the dude. They need to find a way to make him in the main event. The Jey Uso part is interesting, but... Find a way. Maybe it's Jay versus Roman at Elimination Chamber. If Jay wins, Sammy gets the main event, and you have some weird thing where Jay wins. But Mania has to end with Sammy holding up one of those belts. Has okay. To. So we're clear. For Elimination Chamber in Montreal, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so this is Sammy Zayn against Roman Reigns. This is, this is going to happen. That is Mania. That's, that's the rumor that that is what's going to be the main event of Elimination Chamber up there. Now, I... I I found it wildly interesting that they decided to let Cody have Monday Night Raw and they mm-hmm. decided to save their hottest angle for SmackDown. So we still for have to wait. Show. We haven't seen... Well, SmackDown is the A-show. Yeah. SmackDown's so the A-show. They saved it, it for that. That's right. But I feel like everybody was waiting to see what would happen. And you had a show on Monday night. I don't know how you don't put that on Raw. Clearly, they decided they were going to have let Cody have his shine on Monday night Raw. But this is the hottest angle. And my guess is tomorrow on SmackDown, they set up some sort of angle for Roman and Sammy at the chamber. Let me just plant this one quick seed. The difference between hot angles in the 90s, early 2000s, and now is that Monday Night Raw would have been able to have the bloodline out there, right, to explain all this on Monday Night Raw. There is a difference because during Austin McMahon, when there was a pay-per-view the next day, there was an explanation or there's some matches or promos. Zero, Zippo on Raw. People in Tulsa were waiting to find out, is Roman coming out? Anybody? Sokoa? Someone say something? Nothing. You got videos, but you got Mm -hmm. nothing else. It just shows you the difference between those two. So I, I, I believe... 
and I know, bro, it's, I know you don't want to hear this, but there's a reason why Elimination Chamber is in Montreal. Because you know that the crowd is going to be completely behind Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say the chapter will be closed, but that match that you want is only going to happen in Elimination Chamber. There's a reason why, and I've been telling you guys, they put these vignettes out there for Cody so we can all you know, feel good about Cody. He's talking about he wins the Royal Rumble. He comes out number 30, and he wins the Royal Rumble. And he's the first guy out there on Monday Night Raw. They want you to buy into the story of a guy coming back from injury, his dad passing away. His brother was never good enough in Vince's eyes to be the world heavyweight champion. And so here's Cody Rhodes now, an opportunity to beat Roman Reigns. As I've told you for months, it seems uh, it seems unlikely. It doesn't seem likely for Cody Rhodes, after all these opponents, 800-plus days of Roman Reigns being champion, Cody wins? Now, yeah, I, but it, The question is, here's the question, though. Is the story of Cody more overwhelming and makes you believe more than McIntyre, the Clash of the Castle, than than uh, Brock Lesnar, than some of the other opponents for uh, for Roman Reigns? That's the question. Can you buy into this story enough for you to believe that Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania can beat Roman Reigns? I do not at this point. I am of yeah. the belief. I'm of the belief that with the way there's right now, there's only one person that can take it off him, and it's Sammy. Right. And I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to do that at Elimination Chamber. The only way I, I I figured they were going to build to Roman Reigns finally falling at WrestleMania. I don't believe that anymore. If Sammy's not taking it off of him, I don't think. Honestly, I think WrestleMania, unless they find a more interesting way to tell the story, I think the fans. I'm, I'm with I'm with Rowitz. I think that they're going to turn on Cody. That yes. They're going to look at Cody as this is the new guy you're shoving down our throat. Triple H is making the same mistakes that Vince is making. We want Sammy the way we wanted uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan at the time in WrestleMania 30. It's the same way that everybody post elimination chamber got behind Kofi in, for WrestleMania in 2019. Like they, they've had to rally behind the guys that they want. And it's funny because Triple H has always said, Oh, we listen to the fans. We listen to the fans. Man, if Sammy is not like, doesn't Sammy and KO for the tag titles feel a little cheap at this point? Yep. If that's the direction they go for Mania, it doesn't have the same feel with the story. And I understand that this was supposed to be just like a short term story, but Sammy absolutely killed it. Right. Got everyone eating out of the palm of his hands, Triple H included, like broke Triple H like he was <laughs> Jimmy Fallon on SNL. <laughs> Like just got him cracking up every every time that he came out because Sammy's just outrageous. Everybody gets behind him, and if you just kind of blow this off at at Elimination Chamber, that doesn't feel right either. Yeah, I I, I just have no idea which which direction they end up going. Like Jay Hood, you talk about how the Cody vignettes are getting you to buy into Cody and believe in Cody. The fans are telling you they believe in Sammy. This has been an angle for over a year now, and you had those little nuggets, you had those little things, and like Gabe said. That pop on Saturday night is what you're looking for. And Elimination Chamber feels like a letdown. KO and Sammy winning tag titles that they've made clear they don't care about from a WWE perspective, that feels like a letdown. And Cody being the guy, that honestly feels like a letdown. Because at this point, like, what else are you going to do? They obviously wanted The Rock. So if it's not Cody, if Cody's not going to win at Mania and Sammy's not going to win Elimination Chamber, we're going to do this for another year? And then all of a sudden just say, like, Oh, crap, there's no one else around here that can beat them. Like, they've put themselves in this corner. We've talked about it a lot. The Sammy ovation, the Sammy storytelling has somehow given them an out. This is the way to get out of that corner you've booked yourself into. 
Sammy doesn't have to be a year-long champion. He can lose it the next month to Cody. You have your out. Just take advantage of it. Sammy's not winning the world championship. Nope. Uh, Sorry. Because, nope. because, and here's the thing. Yes, yeah, a different regime with Triple H, but the, the philosophy stays the same. They're going to make you wait. Look how long they made Daniel Bryan wait. How long they made Rey Mysterio and CM Punk wait. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but just like, and, and, and so just like Austin wasn't at Royal Rumble, not, I can't do it, or w- I wouldn't do it. Right. Just like The Rock says, I'm too busy. Same thing here where you have talent in front of you. And yes, Sami Zayn seems like the number one baby face in the company, and they're trying to push Cody Rhodes into that. But just look at the images, right? Here's a sympathetic figure in Sami Zayn that's been going on with the bloodline, and Kevin Owens said, I told you so. So I'm telling you, they're not your family. And finally, that turn happens where Sami Zayn turns on Roman Reigns, which is it's going to just be etched in my brain for years as a wrestling fan. One of the great storylines in the history of the business. Mm-hmm. This is not hyperbole. It's one of the great storylines in the history, definitely of the WWE, in the history of the business. But here's Sami Zayn. Here's a guy here that's a sympathetic figure. On the other side, here's Cody Rhodes coming out with a suit. And I know he's all about business, but it doesn't look like, oh, my God, I got to get behind Cody. Because even for the WWE fan, it's like, when that guy just on AEW TV? And is that is that guy so powerful that he can be able to overcome anything? Well, at least what at least what do I choose? The guy with the suit, or do I choose the sympathetic figure that I've been that I've been rooting for for months for him to turn on the bloodline? Sammy wins in that, but does and- that mean that he's a world champion? And that's the thing, you know, that he's not being world champion at least not right now, not up to WrestleMania. So, let me ask you guys this. Because you, you just mentioned it, and I agree that in the history of the WWE, this is one of the best stories they've told. It's been long-term storytelling. It's been fantastic. Yeah. But with as with a lot of things, with long-term, if you talk, take a look at television shows, if you have a bad ending, it can ruin it. I never watched Game of Thrones, but I have friends who still bitch and moan about the ending of Game of Thrones to this day. And it was one of the greatest television shows ever, and then it had a crappy ending. If this has a crappy ending, and it's not Sammy going over at WrestleMania. Will we look back at the bloodline as one of the greatest stories of all time, or because it ended up having not a non-satisfactory ending, it just kind of gets pushed to the side? Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Like, and it sucks for Cody. Like, Cody would have been over. Cody would have been fine if he didn't get hurt. Like, he was getting there. They're building him up. Like, maybe if you had both storylines running at the same time, it'd be a different result. But it's where they are now. I agree with that. I've heard Bully Ray say a lot on Busted Open on Sirius where the fans remember how they go home, like that feeling when they're going home. And if they're going home at Mania, whether it be night one or night two, of Cody being the guy and Cody being that, you know, that typical baby face, that old school baby face, like, hey, I'm the good guy. You know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, I'm the champion now. I don't think fans are going home satisfied because Sammy and KO winning it earlier in the night isn't going to do it. Like, it just feels like a letdown at this point. Well, what's the alternative is Sami Zayn, and they don't want to do that yet because this is going to happen in Elimination Chamber. I'm saying that's going to be the but main event, guys. That's the oh, thing. If you split the 100%. belt and Roman does two nights, like then it's fine. You Cody still gets his run. I'd even say at this point, Cody taking on Roman in the main event the, the problem, would be okay. If he, he the, the problem, the problem here though is like because you, once Roman loses once, the bloodline's over. Yes. Like the bloodline's dead. You know, so even if you do Roman does one night, then the next night, if he loses night one, night two, it doesn't have the same feel. 
Like that's and that's the that's the corner they booked sure. themselves in. Again, if they had if they had two champions, much like you know, it, Brian Daniel Bryan ended up winning both because mm-hmm. it was unified at that yeah. time. But Kofi Kingston in 2019, they were split, so they could find a way to get Kofi his moment, which ended up being an awesome moment in 2019 of wrestling for one of their top championships and making him the champion. But because Roman's both, you can only have one. Like right now, you got to pick between Sammy and Cody, and it's very obvious they're sticking with Cody. Yes, um, to to put the t- championship on Kofi, only to lose it in 10 seconds to Brock Lesnar. Uh, and so that way you can get right to your local news right afterwards right. on SmackDown. But to Happy that Black point, Kids. we still remember we still remember the Kofi moment, though. Like, yes, everyone remembers how terrible that was and what a terrible ending it was, but everyone still brings up the Mania moment. Okay, let, let's let's bring up this part of it too because you mentioned, bro, it's the um, the tag team championship part. So this is why it's still unknown. We'll find out maybe on Friday on SmackDown mm-hmm. or at some point. So what's up with the Usos? Right. Well, because Jay went his way. Jimmy's in the ring like, Jay, where are you going? Where's main event Jay going? So what happens to the tag team championships then? Will they be able to reconcile? This is why, Gabe, I disagree a little bit where this this storyline, because, yes, you said that if when Roman loses the championship, it's over, but this thing still extends out past WrestleMania because of the hard feelings, I think, with the Usos and Roman. What's up with Sokoa? We're still wondering. The wild card, this, the, the strong silent type, didn't say anything. What's he thinking? What's Heyman thinking? So even though Sammy's out of it, there's still something going along there. And of course, once again, we got to figure out what The Rock's thinking. He may not be wrestling at WrestleMania, but why do I have a feeling he's got to have something to say here between now and Philadelphia for the next WrestleMania? It's like so, but the tag team championships because it's something that we've we've guessed. We thought if when Sammy turns or when Sammy goes back with Kevin Owens, Owens and Sammy are going to win the tag team championship. I still think that's going to happen. Does it happen at WrestleMania? I don't know. But what happens with the Usos? Does right. Jay become a single? Will it be Sokoa and and um, Jimmy Uso? I don't know how that works. I mean, look, if you wanted to tell an even longer story and have Jay be the one who ultimately betrays Roman, since that's where this whole thing kind of started, I could get behind that as well. I, I, I just think that this Bloodline storyline has been so damn good, and it has to be somebody within the Bloodline that ends it that it can only fall apart from within. And if, if you want to continue to tell the story after Mania, I'm cool with that, with having, you know, Cody Rhodes be the guy who wins, but then falls short. And he can win a WWE championship somewhere else down the line. It just, I guess I'm, I'm having trouble getting past the point of, I only see Roman dropping the championship at WrestleMania. Like, this is your biggest show of the year. I assume this is where you would want one of your biggest storylines ever to end. Like what? It's going to end at in in your house in the middle of October. Like Stop what are we talking in about? Your house. <laughs> <laughs> and Roman doesn't work those anymore. Remember, he didn't choose what he wants to work. No, he'll work in your house, Omaha. He will definitely do in your house, Omaha. Could you stop saying two weeks in a row? He just got me going on that. (laughs) Stop saying in your my God, it's in your house. (laughs) Doc Hendricks and and Vince McMahon. We're in Omaha. God damn, pal. No, stop saying no. It's not going to be No, stop. And it's a funny, like Triple H brought that back, by the way, for NXT. He did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. With Todd Pentagon, he was there with him. He was there. That was just that's very bizarre. I don't know why that's the case. But all of this is intriguing. And just yes. for our, our young promoters out there that are, that are listening to the show or watching the show, once again, story prevails. 
story prevails, right? This is not some, you know, great six-star classic we're talking about. We're talking about long-term storytelling where we're still going to be talking about this past WrestleMania. The story, and, and here's the difference between Brock and Roman, right? How often did we bitch about Brock? Brock just, you know, defends the championship and then you don't see him for months. You know, where's the WWE championship? How come is that on TV? Here's Roman, rarely wrestles, rarely wrestles. But what keeps us intrigued? The storylines, the promos. He's not in the ring every week. He's not on TV every week like MJF. But yet the difference is we're intrigued with his story more so than in the ring. Because when he's in the ring, it's special. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, and but and because he's a part of that faction, we do see this past Monday night excluded. We've we've seen Solo or the Usos or Sammy on both shows continuing storylines. Paul Heyman, they've been able to continue that storyline even when he's not there. He has the presence of, oh, I was just on the phone with Roman. Here's what you know the head of the table wants from us tonight. Like he's there, even though he's not there, he still has a presence that uh, that certainly are over there. All right, Broads, what are the people saying? Yeah, uh, the Hoots podcast says, I know Sammy has a beard, but we don't need to recreate Mania 30 every year. But like, yeah, yeah, well, I, I get that, oh, but when when the crowd gets behind someone organically, right? Like, I, I feel you got to try to ride that wave a little bit because Daniel Bryan holding those two championships up at WrestleMania 30 is an all-time moment. We just talked yes. about Kofi winning that championship. It is, and of the past 20 years, it's one of those moments that ranks on there because the crowd goes insane. And if you're WWE and you're in this moments business, what's there hasn't been a bigger moment in wrestling since you came out of the Thunderdome era than Sami Zayn hitting Roman Reigns with a chair. 100%. Ted Z says, let Sami take at least one of the belts for a short time, then have Jay backstab him to drop it eventually. Again, but you have to declare that and make that clear that, you know, that Roman wrestles twice at WrestleMania. Because uh, let's be honest, is there a second main event we want to see at WrestleMania? I know we're a little bit along the line. You know, well, we got 60 days. We can bring that up as a, as a question down the line. But, I mean, outside of what Roman versus whomever, is in that on that day one or night one or night two, who else do you want to see in that main no, event slot? There's no one else. I mean, we're not getting Austin. We're not getting Rock. We might be getting Cena. But, like, do you want Cena Theory main eventing one of those nights? No, because Theory's part of that. So, no. Right. I don't mind half of that, but I don't <laughs> want to see Austin Theory in my last match of the Honestly, WrestleMania. I don't think it happens at Mania, but they teased it down the line. If, if Mania night one main evented with Guter and Brock Lesnar – Okay. That yeah, could be fun. Sure. But yeah, that could they, be fun. But it looks like it's going to be Brock and Lashley. You're, you're okay with those yeah. two main eventing? No, that's enough of that. I don't know why this continues. Yep. Like, I do something with this. Like, this has got to end. Brock keeps interfering in uh, Lashley's matches. It keeps going back and forth. No, I want to see the Hoss match. Now, again, yeah. it now here's the, here's the problem with that. That's not going to last long for Lesnar right, because he can, his face can only get so red. <laughs> he can only suplex so many times and take so many chops from Gunter so many times before I mean, he's had enough and needs to get out of there. It'll be that one also match. could erupt into a real brawl, which could get ugly. But yeah, again, all, again, all of a sudden it becomes a shoot. Now we got a right. problem. <laughs> again, the, the problem with trying to find a way to split the championships, like to me, at this point, somebody else has to take, like this one. So Chris says, I think Roman wins one, loses one at WrestleMania. I love, your work, I, love, one? I love your work at Fox, Chris Myers. Great job. <laughs> that that deserves a wow. What 
once this once this ends, I'm sorry. Once this ends, it's over. Like once he loses one, there's no losing one and then holding on to another and somehow continuing the bloodline. Like to me, at this point, if he loses both belts, then it, it's up to the next person to somehow have those end up being split. Well, how about this? Would you would you feel okay if it's my scenario where it's Roman Sammy night one, Roman Cody night two, but only Cody wins? Sammy loses, you can have Jay get involved, but Roman retains night one and then night two loses to Cody. Would that be okay? Mm. Cody wins night one, and then what happens night two, would you say? No, no Cody, Cody wins, wins night, night two. two. Sammy so loses night, two, night one because of Jay. Yeah, night two ends with, with Cody raising both belts and fireworks going off. I just okay. think that falls flat. Unless unless they find a better way to get the crowd behind him other than, hey, feel bad for this guy because right. he was hurt. You know, but, and, and look, I, I like I, that feels super intense. I, I appreciate him wrestling through his injury, but I need this bloodline story has been so good. I need something more than, hey, this guy's coming back from injury and he's really good. Like I need something more storyline wise that you're not going to be able to cook up in 60 days the way you've been cooking up over the last six to eight months with Sammy. So here, here's you know what? Here's the missing ingredient that you're missing, Gabe. Here, but it's too late now. But here's the missing ingredient that you want. The way Cody would get over is if Cody would refer back to his AEW days and it was Cody against the establishment, and that'd be Triple H. That would have to be that means that Triple H would have to be a heel because that's the only thing that works is the whole employee boss thing and the whole shoot of Triple H saying, Hey, uh, you had to come from the other company, uh, that kind of thing, right? And they're going back and forth. That's the only way that works, but it's like Triple H can't do anything about it because he can't wrestle anymore. He can't because he yeah. get the bad ticker. But that's yeah. the only thing. That's the only thing outside of the story about I came back from injury. I'm doing this for my dad. The only other thing would work is Triple H. You know, I was against you at AEW. Now I'm coming over here to conquer your company. Cody being the babyface in that regard, and Triple H being the heel. But yeah, Triple yeah, H would have had to screw him somehow in the Rumble, right? Like right. with with Rey Mysterio not coming in. Like Cody thinks he wins, and then. You know, Randy Orton, obviously Randy's not healthy enough to go, but like somebody who's been associated with Triple H for a long time would have to fight Triple H's battle for him in that instance. Randy would have to come dump him over the top. And, you know, so you just try to find a way to screw Cody. But again, like you said, it's it's too late and you're not going to be able to heat that up, I think, in time in the 60 some days that we have to WrestleMania. Well, the other part of that also is like you want to sort of heat up like Cody Roman, like you want to have something there. But anytime we're going to see Roman over these next two months, we're going to want to see Jey Uso stuff. We're going to want to see Sammy stuff. We're going to want to see Bloodline stuff to where if there's any Roman-Cody interactions, those are going to feel like letdowns over the next couple of months. So, like, you have to find a way to build that up also to sort of add to that intrigue. And, by oh, the by the way, you got to do that after Elimination Chamber because right. if you're building up Sammy and Roman at Chamber, you don't really have time for the Cody part of that. Right. By, by the way, I was in a Royal Rumble pool, as you well know, Gabe, in that Royal Rumble pool. Bro, it's were you in that too? You got uh, it in yeah. that too, right? I yeah. think if I'm not mistaken, I think I had Ray Mysterio's spot. And, and obviously, and obviously, so that's the twenty dollars down the drain. We had th- <laughs> we had thirty of us. It was the three of us in Mike yes. Patrick from, from Morning Men on Sirius XM. He, he he had a pool. Actually, actually, I ran the pool because half my friends were in that pool. You go through the list. <laughs> it's, it's us three, my wife. <laughs> it's like it's friends. It's wrestling journalists. <laughs> and it's like, wait, I wait. All of a sudden, I get, I got this guy seventeen people. Wait a minute, that ain't right. Uh, but I think I drew Mysterio's number, and of course, Ray didn't show up. So that's just twenty dollars down the drain. 
That's tough. I had 50, I, I felt pretty good. And I don't know if they intentionally did this. So I had number 15, both Seth and Becky entered at number 15 in the respective rumbles. Oh, that works. I had so, a 17. So I had Dominic Mysterio and Piper Niven. So, uh, the Dominic push, we're not there yet. We're so close. <laughs> uh, speaking of the rumble, let's uh, go ahead and dive into more rumble things and something we like to call the three count here oh, on GK. We're just getting to the. Oh my God. That's, that's <laughs> Look, man. We're just getting to it. Well, I tell you also, what. By the way, Medusa joins us tonight. Oh my God. She's we got a pack she's in the lobby standing by. I mean, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that shows you how interesting the WWE is that we're going 24 yeah. minutes. We haven't even got to the three count yet. Well, there you go, right? So speaking of those rumbles, we mentioned the men's rumble won by Cody Rhodes. The women's went to Rhea Ripley. How would you guys grade the rumble matches from Saturday? So I like the women's more than I like the men's. And I feel like the men's, I, I think if I go back and watch it, I'd probably grade it a little bit higher because I knew Cody was coming. And I was trying to figure out if Sammy was going to be involved and try to figure out all those different things. So... Where I was at with that was, okay, Cody's not here. All right, we only have five spots. When's Cody going to come? And then he finally pops in at 30, and I felt a little let down at that point. Um, and Because then it was very obvious that Cody was going to win, right? Like, he comes in at 30, ends up winning. Um, so I, I think because I got in my own way, instead of just sitting back and enjoying it as everyone came out, and I started trying to figure out where Cody, I, I ended up enjoying the men's less. But the women's was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with the, the women's Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know. The, the men's, I'd probably give it a B minus. The women's, I'd give a B plus. I would say that the women were like an A minus to a B plus, and the men were B to be honest, I have no problem with that. Uh, I guess the reason why that I like the women's more than the men's, and I agree with Gabe there, is because we had a few more surprises. I mean, the Royal Rumble is about names that you don't expect. I thought that the men, I think they booked it safe. Anytime yes. the Booker, Booker T's in there for two, three minutes, that's fine. But I think that that was fine. But here's something I realized watching the women's Royal Rumble. One of the things that we talk about on the show a lot is how the women have to be able to they got to have more storylines. They got to get more TV time, all this. Guys, here's what you know about the Rumble. We don't talk about it, but it's true. When you see one competitor against another one that you normally don't see, it's like instantly your brain is like, hmm, I want to see that match. When you see them like face-to-face -face or they're mm -hmm. battling, like, hmm, I want to see that match. Look at the 30 women that were there. Move out, You know, Michelle McCool is good to see her. I mean, that that's fine. You know, uh, Chelsea Green. And that's a mistake on our part. We should have asked Cardona, is your wife showing up to San Antonio? <laughs> um, but but she's in there for, for two seconds. But I think that when you take a, take a good look at the women's division, it, it's about booking. The talent's there. We see Asuka with the clown the clown mask. Oh, with the, with murder the clown, ones. sign me up. I want more murder clown. <laughs> yeah, the murder clown Asuka? Absolutely. That might be the that might be in the main event, by the way, at WrestleMania against Bianca. She can take the belt off of Bianca with the clown mask. I got no problem with that. But but I think that we have to take another look at that women's division and say, you know what? There's young talent. There's up and coming talent from NXT that's going to be part of the. It's not bad, bro. It's it actually when you when I able to just sit back and watch the women's Royal Rumble, I said, you know, if you book it right, you can have something interesting here besides Becky, Bianca, and Charlotte. Well, that thing, I agree with that, but I think it does sort of show, and we mentioned it last week, their lack of storytelling because the amount of females in that match, you look at it like, oh, this person's not going to win. That person's not going to win. It is a very small number that you say, all right, they're going to win. And I think, you know, going into it, we joked last week, they had announced, I think, seven at this time last week 
for yes. that women's match. So that allows more space for the surprises and the NXT call-ups. But to me, the women's match was better because that's what I want to see out of the Rumble. I want to see those NXT guys and girls. I want to see those legends. I want to see some good storytelling. We knocked Liv Morgan a lot. That was a good performance from her. And I think it was a good star-building moment for her. From the men's side, like, it did just feel like a letdown. Like, I'd say, like, C-minus for them, where I'd give the women a B-plus because Gunther's star-making. I think you could have elevated that, though, because he should have been the one to eliminate Brock. Like, imagine that moment. If he's the dude that knocks out Brock, the rest of it is just sort of whatever. Like, there really were no other major moments that you look and say, okay, we're building this match. We're planting those seeds. It's stuff we've seen before. It's Lashley Brock. It's Edge and Judgment Day. Like, there was nothing developed in the men's rumble, and that was definitely a letdown on Saturday. You get knocked down a peg because I didn't get my Kofi moment. Really? I didn't get right. one. Two years in a Second row. Second straight year. Second straight year. He's failed. I didn't get the Kofi moment with the chair or some kind of you know crazy thing. But to they could have saved that. His foot wasn't on the ground, and they acknowledged that. So I thought yeah, it would all work. Yeah, but I thought he was yeah. dead too. So well, that too. Yeah, like that was yeah. that was a nasty tumble off that chair, man. Like I thought he might have been. Ooh, that did not look good. Yeah. So, but but I thought it was just booked safely. And you know, I just think that for the women, because we got we got our Piper Niven back, and I saw her at NXT UK and in the Indies in the in the in the UK, and she can go. Given the opportunity, you just mm-hmm. let her go, and and she's just one of these heavyweights that can move around like a cruiserweight. Given the opportunity, she what I mean, people were so against that whole dewdrop thing. That's a toll Bruce Pritchard thing. I know it was Bruce. Uh, it was the shits, and so. But I, I'm glad that she's kind of hopefully she could be herself again. But I just like some of the, the surprise we had there. Um, Raquel Rodriguez is still a heel. Sorry, that whole yeah, ba- that whole yeah. thing with the smile—that's so yeah. Vince forced. Smile, goddammit! Smile, like because she's just trying to. Everyone to know that she's a babyface. She's a heel, and right. I think we'll see that at some point. But um, I really like that. Um, and as far as um, Bianca Belair and her Raw Women's Title match, so why why would could we just see that on Raw? I mean, that's that's I, such I a don't... waste. No, and like it's weird because like the SmackDown women's title, like we're seeing that tomorrow, like between uh Charlotte and what's her face, like they're doing that tomorrow, Sonia. So like that was weird. Sonia, yeah, I was trying to think. And like also, I mean, you talk about Vince booking, Naya being the surprise and being back, like that felt very Vince like. You know, I was clamoring for that. I thought that she. Not done with wrestling, but I think I thought she had a problem with the WWE. It was actually surprised to see her. She said uh, no to them last year, according to Sean Ross Sapp. When they tried, when they realized they needed people, they called her back up. Like you just released me. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but again, I think that's the difference between Vince being in charge and Hunter being in charge. You know, I, and I don't think Nia's back um, the way that Chelsea Green is. I think going to continue to be in the WWE, but. You know, having her come back is, I, I, I don't know, I don't think it's a bad thing for a Royal Rumble if she's willing to do it. Like, she had an interesting heel character because, like, if you were a wrestling fan that paid attention to the inside, you knew that maybe some people didn't actually like her. They felt she was unsafe. Like, there was a, there was, anytime she got involved with the storyline, I think there was some interest in there, like, oh, okay, what's actually going on here? Um, so her being back for the Rumble, I... I was fine with that. Um, again, Rhea, it ended up being, you know, the predictable thing you know, in every Rumble. Like, clearly to me, especially once Gunter came in at number one, yeah, okay, this guy's going to be the Iron Man. They're going to pump him up being, being the Iron Man. 
okay, Cody's going to win. Rhea's going to win. But Rhea had a little bit of a different road to do it from number one. Yeah. I love that. I love Gunther being in there for as number one and going absolutely. I'm happy for him. And that is Triple H really pushing to the moon, the Intercontinental Championship. You know, for a certain generation, it's like, what's so important about the title? It means a lot in that company historically. And for them to put the title on him and for him to do all the things he's doing, uh, I just thought that was fantastic. A great performance by him. Very happy to see that. And um, so, But overall, I thought that the Rumble was pretty solid. But I, I just... I see that the women's division is more reimagined just based on what I saw there. It's like you book it right, it could be more than just a couple of women that uh that you push. So I, I like that. Honest honestly, it's a little exciting that to me that you're taking two of the horsewomen who have carried this division for so long. They're in a feud, but there isn't a championship that's and, yeah. and I've had some issues with the way that Becky and, and Bailey have done this, like Teasing a cage match at Raw 30 and not actually having the cage match was interesting, but clearly it's going to continue beyond there. Maybe they end up fighting, you know, um, down the line at, at, at actually WrestleMania. But the fact that those two are in a storyline with not a championship involved, that opens up the doors for other people to challenge Bianca. I'm excited by that, that you can tell multiple stories within the women's division, which is something that has been severely lacking. And, and not just WWE, but AEW as well. What do we have at number two, Brian? Guys, over in the football world, not sure if you guys heard, but a Tom Brady announced his retirement this week uh, for a second time. So to bring it back to wrestling, who is the Tom Brady of your wrestling watching life? <sighs> so it it's just, it's, it's so interesting to kind of think about that from this perspective. Because if I'm just going like straight greatest of all time in my wrestling life, I, I think for me, it's Stone Cold. Okay. Because I lean towards Stone Cold because without Stone Cold, who knows if WWE wins? I mean, the the the, the Monday Night Wars is Ted Turner was would Ted Turner be in charge of what professional wrestling looks like today versus the WWE and Vince McMahon and what he was able to build after he won that? And Stone Cold often gets the most credit for being the biggest star of the Attitude Era for, even though I was a rock guy, like I was more of a rock fan as a kid than I was Stone Cold. But I kind of, especially as I get older and look back on it more, I appreciate what Stone Cold Steve Austin did with the storylines he was involved with. But like the, the difference is like, it was such a short, compressed time. Right. So if we're looking like about longevity, is it then Undertaker? who's looked upon, but Undertaker isn't really considered, I think, from Mount Rushmore's and greatest of all time at WWE, but he was so good for such a long period of time. It's it's so interesting to try to pick out who that exact Tom Brady would be in the professional wrestling world. Okay. <laughs> the name may surprise you, but I think you hit on it. I think it's The Undertaker. The Undertaker is the greatest gimmick of our lifetime mm -hmm. because think about it during a time where the gimmicks were just so passe and just so corny for Vince, he, there's an undertaker that comes out and that undertaker lasts the test of time where it's here's, he, here's Papa Shango and here's, you know, um, Abe knuckleball Schwartz or whatever, uh, whatever the Brooklyn brawler is going to be, whatever that was, right. All those, <laughs> the bad gimmicks that they had, right. And so The Undertaker is able to last through all that through the early 90s when wrestling wasn't cool because that was the ultimate warrior was it wasn't great. And I go through all that. Hogan was passe by the time we got to 92, 93.
But but Undertaker just continued. He evolved his character. We actually saw that the other night where we got the American Badass instead of the regular Undertaker on was that on SmackDown? Uh, Raw, 30. SmackDown? Raw, 30. Oh, Raw thirty. Raw thirty. Sorry, yeah. on Raw, Raw thirty. 30. So, so guys, I think that it's actually The Undertaker because that gimmick is the greatest that we've seen since Gorgeous George back in the in the 50s because it's lasted a long time and it still resonates today. And so I'm going I'm to give it to him. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, I think that is the one. It's not who I ran out. When I thought it originally, I went to the longevity thing of who's been doing it for so long but still at top level, and Jericho came to mind. Like, mm-hmm. The way he has sort of reinvented himself, which we've talked about a lot, like the different gimmicks, but still being a world champion, going to a different team and starting to lead them to, you know, maybe not championships, but being there at the top of their card. And he continues to do it like at a top level, despite the age, somehow looking better than he did, you know, 20 years ago. So he was the name that came to mind. But I do think Taker, I agree, like best character of our lifetime. No, well, but, but here's why Jericho might even beat what I said or what Gabe said, because of what you just laid out, right? Um, let's see, Smoky Mountain, Calgary, um, goes to WCW, and again, it's revisionist history. He was great then, but because it was so NWO heavy, all the cruiserweights they were overshadowed, they didn't right. pay any attention to those guys. Like, an oh, ECW Ray, run, oh, Ray Mysterio was so great in WCW. Well, how would you know? The announcers ignored all those <laughs> matches, right? Right, so WCW, <laughs> WWE, great run, Japan. Don't forget Japan, yes. him and Kenny. That was some bangers, man. Some great yep. matches. And then AEW. And again, he has re- redefined himself at least two or three times already in AEW. You talk about you talk about from the late 80s to now, and he's still going. The Undertaker's yeah. retired. Flair's retired. You know? Well, uh, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if Flair's yeah. actually retired. That There's your Mania main eventer. There we go. We forgot about Nate. He died in, in Nashville. <laughs> Man, I wrote I it did. down. I wrote it down. <laughs> but it just like, but, but I said, no, he can't be in that. Con- he can't be in this conversation because you know why? It's more than just championships. It's more. Right. Yes. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, when when you're talking about what he did, you know, with with uh, Ric Flair, and we keep seeing the documentaries. Yeah, I, I just don't equate him with Tom Brady. Yeah, it's more about championships. I guess I look at him more like a like a Bill Russell. I know that's cross sport here, but Bill Russell okay. collected all those championships and that's what Rick, Rick, Rick Flair did. Where you know he's he's certainly one of the greatest to ever do it, but it's more about the championships. And the first thing you always mention is the 16-time world champion Rick Flair. He's done it, he's won more championships than anybody else. I still like The Undertaker just because I think of like Tom Brady rarely disappointed at WrestleMania at, at the Super Bowl. And WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of well I, I love the Rumble. Other people love SummerSlam, you know, in terms of that being like the, the Mark wrestling fans, WrestleMania. But WrestleMania is still the biggest stage every year and all the moments he had there. Just right. every single time the dude delivered. Well, the other one I'll throw out there because, you know, Tom Brady, there was definitely love-hate from fans and, you know, a lot of people hate. I'm in the hate club. Do you throw Cena in the mix? Hmm. <laughs> Does David leaving me? No. I, I think I think I think that meant I think that means no. Oh, okay. I, I think that means no. I can't be too oh sure. Oh my though. god. <laughs> oh, he's still there. He's still there. He's still uh, there. 
longevity, top of the card, you know, mixed opinions. No? Yeah, it's just the era. Uh, yeah. it's not his, but it's not his fault. This is it's not on Cena. It's just the era. I just I have never been a fan of the hot potato championship. I just never sure. have. Just you know, for see what's Cena? Is he a 15, 15 time champion? Yeah, I think he's one away from Nate. I just right? don't like the, the three month run. I think he tied Nate, didn't he? Is he also oh, at sixteen? I, I think they're know. I think they're tied. This is not Cena's fault though. I'm not I'm not anti Cena. I just don't like the way sometimes he was booked. Hey man, he he's big match John. He has a lot of great matches. I kind of respect his early stuff as he just became a world champion, mm-hmm. then the middle to the end for me. I respect Cena. I just didn't like the idea that he'd be a champion every two, you know, four or five months. I just think that sometimes they took it for granted and didn't have anything else. So that's not on him. And I wish he would have turned heel. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, he's. Yeah. I, don't, I think he's happy that he uh, that he didn't though. Uh, we have what we're really excited about. Uh, we had this opportunity last week to talk with Medusa as uh, she j- had just made an appearance on Raw Thirty. Of course, we had to ask her about the Royal Rumble. She had a lot of. Th- she's got a lot of things going on, including a book that is coming out that you can pre-order right now at Amazon.com. We get into so many different stories, but we had a pleasure last week talking with WWE Hall of Famer Medusa. Welcome back to another edition of GKW, Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Brian Rowitz along with Jonathan Hood. And we are very excited to talk to our next guest. She was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame back in 2015. Please welcome in. Also, by the way, two-time monster truck uh, champion. We definitely need to get into that at the point at some point in time. Please welcome Medusa to GKW. Uh, book coming out end of March. You can pre-order it now at Amazon. The woman who would be king, the Medusa story. Uh, what? Let's just go ahead and start there. What? Why did you decide that you wanted to write a book and, and share all the great stories you've got? Oh my gosh! Why would it? I mean, that title could have been so many different titles. <laughs> Chronicles of the title in the trash. Chronicles of the road story. Da 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 da. I mean, my goodness. However, I got a new, um, for your acronym, GKW, is that what, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Girls Kick Wide World. <laughs> just, I don't know. It just came to my mind there. But anyway, yes. So how did this book come about? I mean, I have like 40 years of life and 20 years of monster trucks, 20 years of pro wrestling and so on. And I'm still active in it. So why wouldn't I write a book? Um, one, because of the uh, the circus of it all, let's say. Um, no pun intended, but yes. Um, there's just valuable things that I learned. And there's a valuable uh, things that I've taken away and definitely still having fun. So I never dreamed about being a pro wrestler. I mean, I was just doing my thing and I was putting myself through nursing school and instead of mending bones, I found I was breaking them. So (laughs) I took a trip. It was a huge transition. Medusa, how, tell us, how's life for you right now? You know, you pop up everywhere, a lot of autograph shows, all of a sudden you're on Monday Night Raw. How's life for you right now in 2023? Freaking awesome. Like ecstatic. Like when I just came on here and saw you guys, like, I'm just. I'm a real happy person anyway. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things that kind of just, you know, irk me. But, 
you deal with it. You just kind of sit, you take it in and I think about it and, and I make my move. So I, I'm, I'm, life is good. I mean, you have your everyday uh, situations or adversities in life and things that you're dealt and you deal with them. But I think being in this business has really taught me how to do that in life very well. Now, I'm not going to say it's always been 100% great because uh, pro wrestling more so than anything has really, I mean, it really made me a jaded person for a while. So um, in the past, of course, but um, but I've overcome that. And yeah, I love life right now. I, I really do. For you, you mentioned that belt and appearing on Nitro, throwing that belt away, one of the iconic moments in pro wrestling. If someone told you that night that you would be back on a WWE stage, you would be in the Hall of Fame, you'd be part of Raw Celebrations, what, what would your reaction have been back then? So if they would have said, look, just go ahead and throw the title in the trash, you're going to be back on anyway, uh, I, I probably still would have done it, you know, either way. But I knew that throwing the title in the trash I didn't think it was going to end my relationship with WWE for all those years. I can promise you, I, I promise you that I didn't even think anything of that. Actually, I just thought, well, you know, I have to give the title back to them and they haven't asked for it yet, which was kind of weird. And I mean, before they even let me go, they sent me a letter in the FedEx. And, and I mean, I was like, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to catch a plane to come work for you. And I get a FedEx in the mail. Right. But yeah, I just, um, I don't know. It was just one of those things that started the Monday night war and those guys made money and I did it so they can thank me. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons that, you know, I, you mentioned, you know, women's wrestling and, and you were very outspoken in the early two thousands about how you didn't like how things were becoming more or less just brawn pennies matches. And they were going away from women's wrestling. How do you think women are represented in the professional wrestling world today? Well, I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, it's 10 times better, thank God. Now, there was a transition in women's wrestling that I didn't like because I like to wrestle. I didn't I didn't go into pro wrestling to wrestle in my bra and panties. There there was other things you could do if you wanted to do that. But so I had to either either agree or go with it and say, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Have a few come to Jesus talks with myself and say, either you're going to do it or you're not, or change, change what you don't like. You're, you know, why be miserable? And so I did. And the women that chose to do what they did during that era, I mean, that was their choice. And I'm not, it's not against the women per se. It's not against the individuals. It's unfortunate that a lot of them were forced into situations that were demeaning. It really was. And a lot of them will tell you that. Um, at that time, if you were to ask them that, I don't think they would say it because it was their paycheck. Damn straight. None of them had legs to stand on. You know, none of the women were getting paid million dollar contracts like they are today. A few women are getting paid and they do have a great life. Um, some of them do have million dollar contracts and they're, I mean, it's endless, the opportunities for women. And it's about damn time. It's about damn time in a minute. Okay, no, right. So it's just, <laughs> so, um, and that's a good, good feeling. And I'm telling you, it's, um, the world is, I mean, it's endless what the women and, and not just women, men, men don't have. Uh, equal opportunity either. You know, it's just not about the women. You know, they've come a long way and they're at a pat, you know, they're just, they're at a point 
where um, it does need to get better still? What doesn't, right? Everything needs improvement, you know? Um, could, you know, could Monday Night Raw been different? More women, longer this, longer that? Oh, yeah, okay. But I'll tell you what, that was one of their highest rated shows and it was a damn good show, Raw mm -hmm. 30. Yeah, no question about it. Um, yeah. So I watched you in the AWA and I saw you re recently on Vice talk about your matchups against Sherry. But I want to mm. talk about the word trust because you're a young wrestler at the time and you and Sherry were a major attraction for Vern in the AWA. How, what was that trust factor like between you and Sherry knowing that Sherry tried to beat you up? What was that like? There was no trust. She hated me. <laughs> <laughs> That bitch hated me. Are you kidding me? I was coming in on her territory and I was like, oh, who's this girl with the with the slinky this and showing nylons and legs and wasn't wearing granny stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, it was so green. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even know psychology. I didn't even know what a work was yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, boy, she was fit to be tied. I mean, we had some confrontations, but at the end, not at the end, but in and later on, her and I became best friends all the way to the end to her funeral man. Oh, yeah. She was a brawler. She wasn't a great wrestler, but she was a damn brawler. And the best thing about Sherry, she her psychology and timing was bar none the best. Like she knew where to go, her spots and her some of her promos. Lord have mercy. And Luna was good too when it came to timing. And her psychology, Luna was good at that too, very much so. When you do look at the current state of women's wrestling in both companies, and obviously, you know, there's two major companies now, who are some of the women you wish you could step in the ring with? And, you know, one last match, say, all right, this is who I want to square off with. Well, I mean, that's an often asked question. And when you think about it, and I would say the only, you know, thing I say is I haven't had a retirement match yet. You know, they could have done something with me in 2015. They almost had me and Paige wrestle. We were going to start to do something, um, which no one really knows. Um, but yeah, but that never came to fruition. And that would have been great. Like, oh, my God, that would have been great. But um, yeah, I mean, we always see women from the Attitude Era forward. And I use that loudly and, and pronunciate it and make it known. But it's not towards anybody. It's not directed towards any individual. Let's get that straight there, clickbait people. And it just, you know, it's from the Attitude Era. Y'all can say what you want, but you don't see any of the women from myself back ever. I'm the only one, really, that they do anything with. And it's crazy. You have Wendy Richter that was one of the biggest things ever for WrestleMania 1 and Cindy Lauper, right? Yeah. What mm -hmm. the hell? I mean, it's in and the in the in the jumping bomb angels, and the golden. I mean, good lord! I mean, there's some amazing talent back there, but maybe it doesn't fit the narrative, you know, and what they want. So, um, and I I know my role. I'm a I'm a legend, and I'm, I'm, it's not about me. It's about the kids today, right? So I'm not. I wasn't expecting much, but the thing is, is that um, it was interesting. It was. There was a lot of scuttle and a lot of people were upset. I should say a lot. A few people were. I mean, I was there. Why is anyone upset about that, that I didn't get any TV time? Maybe they should start bitching about that. Be concerned about the one legend that was there that didn't get any TV time, but all the other male legends did. Hello? Let's, let's talk about that. Uh -huh. Why is it all about the other crap?
if 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 they weren't there and that didn't happen, but at least one woman was there to represent and didn't get TV time, shouldn't that be in cons- a concern if we're pushing women's narrative, right? Absolutely. Wait, is Thank there something you. is there it's something a- you would have liked to do other than, you know, sit there and play poker? Yeah. I don't even know how to play poker. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. Thank God it was scripted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, DDP, what kind of hand is this? What are you going to do? Shush, here comes the, here comes the camera. I'm like, I don't know. Full house. It's ah. <laughs> so good. And then we had Bradshaw coming up on the side. He goes, oh my God, Deuce, you got the, you got the belt. I go, yeah. He goes, oh, is it good? I said, yeah. They said, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. So I threw the belt on the table. I'm like, I am going to use this everywhere because I am still the champ. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There I'm is... just having fun, guys. What else yeah. do you do but have fun? Oh, exactly. Pro wrestling supposed to be fun. You know, that's Memories. what it's supposed to be. Yes. Memories, having fun and camaraderie and just building. I just, I had such a good time. And so everyone is just running around with their butthole tight. And I'm like, my goodness. <laughs> Why is everyone so uptight? Have a good time. It is what it is. You ain't going to change it. So you mentioned, you mentioned earlier about how, you you know, you didn't, you you didn't grow up loving pro wrestling. You're not even sure. But how did you get into pro wrestling then? Like how, because so many of these people that go on, they like, oh, we grew up, we love watching this, this, and this. And they, they always knew they wanted to do it. So how did you get into it? And how did you learn it so quickly? Well, I was from the best state ever. I think every it's in the water. You know how many great peoples and great people came from Minnesota, AWA. I mean, we had the Nick Bockwinkles, the Wahoo McDaniels, the Road Warriors, the Ric Flairs. I mean, blah, 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 blah. it goes on and on and on. It was something in the water, guys. Or since it was Minnesota, we were frozen half the year. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> lived a good life. I'm in um, Wisconsin. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Cheesehead. Go Vikings. Skull. Oh, we suck this year. Damn it. Wow. Let me tell you, it's so, so hard we. being a Vikings fan. Oh my God. We'll get into that. Hold on. So I get, I, um, let me tell you, oh, this house during Vikings time. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, how, why did I become a wrestler? I, I mean, I don't know because this friend of mine was dating a Hollywood stunt coordinator and he did all the um, stunt coordination for um, uh, uh, was it Burt Reynolds and um, and Dar Robinson was the one doing the stunts for Dar or Dar was doing for um, Burt Reynolds and Kai Michelson um, coordinated all of those. So my girlfriend was dating him and this from Minnesota and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then this guy just started staring at me and I'm like, ooh, what a freak. My girlfriend's right here. This dude's probably trying to hit on me. What the hell? And finally, he just came up to me and said, oh, you should be in the entertainment business. I'm like, oh, my God. Now I've heard everything. You're a creep. This is what I'm saying in my head. And I'm like, you know what? I could be a stunt woman. I'm a, the biggest jock there is. I'm a gymnast, track and field star, blah, blah, blah. I'm a gearhead. I ride Harleys. And um, he's like, no, I was thinking pro wrestler. And I was like, oh, my. Are you kidding me? Ew. Oh, no. <laughs> and, though, and then one thing led to another, introduced me to Ed Sharkey, and then you're just going to have to read my book. Oh, yes. oh that's a great tease. Yeah. No, it gets good. Let me tell you, there's over 300 pages in that damn book. And how do you put 20 years of wrestling, 20 years of monster trucks in one book? You don't. So there's going to be others. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
The Woman Who Would Be King, available yes. now on Amazon. Medusa is our guest here on Good Karma Wrestling. I want to circle back to something you were talking about. And it's funny that you say it because it was part of a promo with The Undertaker and L.A. Knight on that same show, Raw 30, where L.A. Knight said, hey, Undertaker, I heard you on the Joe Rogan podcast. You were talking about how the current locker room is, I don't know, tight or whatever. Did you notice I, the same when you were there as well? Like there was where it didn't seem like it was fun. It was very much business. Um, what do you mean? It was a little more laid back and having fun. Yeah. Was yeah. It, what, what was it like? What was it? Yes. Like? Yeah. I'm telling you, us legends had a room by ourselves. And when you put Hulk Hogan, uh, Jimmy Hart, Ted DiBiase, the IRS, Papa, and Taker and myself and Ric Flair in one room. Oh, Jeez, the lookout. It was, yeah, it was good. We were just kicking back watching the show and, um, you know, doing our part, of course. And, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. You know, there's, it definitely is a different era. You know, um, it has become more corporate. Um, it is business compared to free falling when I was there. And, um, but it was like a small little version. And now it's like a football field version. So, um, there's just, it has expanded. Just think of a tree and the roots and that's how it is. It's just so many avenues, so many opportunities. And, um, it's, I can see and feel that the kids feel the same way I did. You know, you're scared, you're nervous. Um, you're, you're worried about your spot. You know, you got to do good and you're always, Oh yeah. God, I don't miss that tension at all. Let me tell you. Those ulcers, oh cry myself at sleep at night. Forget it. The mm. forward to the book written by Paul Heyman. What did that Paul mean to your career? Oh, pff, everything. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you mm. if it wasn't for Paul believing me and giving me that opportunity and the DA, the Dangerous Alliance, the most underrated faction ever. Agreed. I mean, guys. Yeah, I love it when he said on Raw 30, I was in the room popping when he mentioned DA. And I'm like, yeah, Dangerous Alliance. Way to go, Paul. Oh, wait a minute. That's the third time he's mentioned something. Wait, what's up? What's coming up? Wait a minute. I got to pay attention. What? So much fun uh, talking with Medusa. Again, The Woman Who Would Be King is available right now for pre-order at Amazon.com. I There are so many different wrestling books, I feel, that come out throughout the course of every single year. That's one. She said it's over 300 pages. We just got a taste of some of the stories. Really looking forward to that book, which will be officially released later in March. And really check good. out the podcast page because there was even more to that conversation. We had to condense it a little bit. Like she had a lot to say. She had plenty of stories. So wherever you find your good karma wrestling podcast, check out the Medusa interview there. Yeah, great conversation with her. Um, and, and there's a wrestler that told the truth. We asked her, we go to the Royal Rumble, and clearly she was not there. She's not one of the 30 women that were there. So it's, it's uh, as I told her, I've been watching her since she came into wrestling in the AWA and like you know, for her to be, she knows where she is as a legend, but here's the key. Here's the note out of that. She says, I haven't had a retirement match. Yeah. She wants one. She deserves one. She deserves I would one. agree. I would agree. agree. Think about the pioneers of the business, or at least those that came up through the 80s and the 90s. Medusa Michelli is one of those people that should have her own retirement match. So hopefully, uh, Ducey will be able to get that at some point because she deserves it.
Yep. And hopefully Tony Khan was listening because she said there was already talk of her and Paige. So let's run it back. Let's do her and Soraya on an AEW. Let's go. It's my house. It's my house. <laughs> let's get into the news and notes we have for this week, Brian. All right. Speaking of AEW, announced recently that house shows in the AEW world will kick off March 18th. House rules, as they will be called. The first show will take place in Troy, Ohio. Later dates to be announced shortly. You got a little smirk on your face there, Hood. What's up, well, buddy? Well, uh, okay. <laughs> so I found out about this on Wednesday, early Wednesday, that they're going on the road. Hey, sure, they should have house shows. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They haven't done this since 2019. Your first spot's Troy, Ohio. Uh-huh. Do you know, as a geography minor, I had no idea there was a Troy, Ohio. I had no idea. I'm like, so that's what you choose. You know, that comes from that booking. Spend my days working hard on the go with the hands on the clock. Keep spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. Jeff Jarrett. Boy, that smells like global global force wrestling. Troy, Ohio. <laughs> my game. My game. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett, because he's in the front office, as we know, right? Come on. Yeah, and Troy, he's a big Ohio. part of these uh, live events that will be taking place. The weekend oh. shows, they said, more intimate I, you, you never get, know you, where they'll you, end up. You put you put it in Oshkosh, it'll be sold out. But Troy, Ohio? Okay. They're advertising Mox. They're advertising Brit. Uh, I think there was another Ohio native they uh, advertised. So. MJF? Yeah, right. Um, right. I, I think ultimately this is a good thing for AEW. Hood, this is a, pro, a, a point you bring up, I, th- I feel, constantly, where – yeah, they do have some matches on Dark and Dark Elevation on the YouTube show, but a lot of the times those are kind of squash matches in order to develop some of the younger talent where you have this incredibly deep roster. There's not enough time for everyone to wrestle when you have three hours of television a week with the two shows that you have. This is a good way to have that that talent continue to develop, work in front of a live audience, and wrestle. Yeah, I just, I just think this – I agree with the house shows. I just think that first city is odd. <laughs> Well, March 18th, get your tickets now. Uh, Speaking of wrestling, well, someone won't be wrestling. Dave Meltzer reporting that Stone Cold has turned down the chance to wrestle at Mania. He was offered Roman or Brock and could basically name his opponent. But he's going to pass on Mania this year. This is why I respect Stone Cold. Like, I think it took a lot for... Same thing with him and Shawn Michaels. And ultimately, I think Shawn came, you know, for the money that was a part of whatever Saudi show that he was a part of when they did DX versus brothers of destruction, which was a disaster, but he was smart. in when he decided to come back, who he decided to come back against and be able to put together a good enough match where it wasn't like, I remember that match fondly. I do not remember Sean Michaels final match fondly. Like I, I, I think, I think again, definitely not, (laughs) but but you know he's gonna always gonna have another chance. Maybe maybe he'll nail the next one. You know maybe he'll be a lot better in the next one. Who knows? But I think Stone Cold is. I think that's something that's important to him because of how choosy he's been, and I respect him for that. I respect him for protecting that. Yeah, you know I actually am glad that he turned it down because at some point you might want to use your own roster. How about that? How about use your roster and kind of build some people? You can't keep going to the Undertaker, Austin, well. All right. At some point, maybe your talent on your roster can be able to elevate each other. How about that for a novel concept? 
So I'm glad that he turned it down. I'm glad he's not going to be a wrestler. And I'm glad The Rock was so busy. As much as I would love to see The Rock, I know it takes a lot of preparation for both of those veterans to get ready. So with if The Rock's not going to be available to wrestle and he won't be, I'm totally glad. How about build your own roster? Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, we haven't talked about it during this hour. Did you guys enjoy the Mountain Dew pitch black match? Yes, I did because it was short. Um, I mean, the, the ending where Uncle Howdy just kind of jumped into oblivion and clearly missed <laughs> L.A. Night. Um, that was that was interesting. <laughs> not even close. Like nope. not, not even close. Well, we might get more. I don't know if it'll be glow in the dark, but the WWE Senior VP of Sales and Partnerships tells the Hollywood Reporter that Cinnamon Toast Crunch will be involved in a match at WrestleMania. A cereal bowl match. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love th this. Is two of my favorite things coming together. I love me a good bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. I love professional wrestling. Them coming together at WrestleMania, what could go wrong? Man, this is way too late. This would have been perfect for the divas in the 90s. Right. Get in the ball with your quad patties. Uh. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, if it's cinnamon toast crunch, that's that sounds terrible as a concept. But if mm -hmm. there's money to be made, now the pitch black match I had no problem with because I've never seen anyone with neon tights that glow in the dark like LA Knight. Uh -huh. And then the whole thing with Bray Wyatt, you just knew he got Ray Mysterio's contacts on and he's, you know, he had the, a nose that fell off. His fake right. nose fell off. If you notice that, guys, like had the yeah. big hard bark nose that fell off. So that's a stupid gimmick. So I'm just glad it was quick. I had no problem with it because it was quick. I don't know what that nitrogen or that whatever that was around Cole's desk. Yeah, that, that was weird. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was, but I'm glad it was quick. I mean, if it was any longer than five minutes, I couldn't stand. I would have turned the whole show off. So, are we ever gonna get a Bray just straight wrestling match anymore, or that ship sailed? Uh, no, it's gone. No, it's I enjoyed watching him. The guy can work, but I guess we're just never gonna see that again. Well, gimmick wrestler, gimmick matches, right? Well, I look forward Not to wrong. seeing his take on cereal uh, in a couple months. So. We'll look forward to that. Sad news from the wrestling world. Lenny Poffo has passed away at the age of 68. Best known as being the genius in the WWF. Also the brother of the late macho man, Randy Savage. Two people are so different, right? Yeah. Macho man, Randy Savage <laughs> and Lenny Poffo. You wouldn't believe that they're brothers, but they were. So they both wrestled under, uh, for ICW under their dad, Angelo Poffo. Angelo Poffo was a good wrestler in his day too. And they all wrestled for his company they ran opposition to the uh the wrestling company in memphis that was run by jeff jarrett and uh by jerry jarrett and uh jerry lawler and so it was a small company and then people thought during that time macho's gonna be great he's already going freak out freak out but he's still working on the voice if you go back to those old tapes it was really straight like oh yeah yeah i'm the macho it was it wasn't the smooth macho like he's oh yeah I'm going to get you in Memphis, that kind of thing, right? But then he was able to evolve. And then, but Lanny Poffin, on the other hand, always a solid wrestler, but never got the same acclaim. But the one thing about Lanny Poffin, we can always say, Port Laureate, one. But two, the first one in the WWF to hit a moonsault. Hmm. Ah, did not know that. Yeah, I mean, he, he would always be in the opening match with the Frisbee and the, you know, doing the, the, the poetry and stuff. But he was the first one that... You know, what was a high spot during that time was a drop kick right. or a drop kick <laughs> off the ropes. But somehow Lanny Poffo hit that moonsault, and but nobody responded. It was like, What's that guy doing? He's, he's <laughs> looking backwards, like, 
hmm, that's odd. And it was a and it was a two count, uh, even back then. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so, so yeah, so so the first one in WWF to hit a moonsault. And that was like, and and by the way, it was different than today. People, you know, guys now go from the mat to the top rope and they jump up. Hoffo did it with one foot on the top rope and the second foot on the second rope and then flipped. It was, oh, it was weird. Okay. Right? It was like it was, yeah, it was strange, right? Second, second rope and third rope, and then flipped that way. But he was the first one to do that. So Rest in peace, uh, Lanny Poffo, the Port Laureate. He was great. Really solid baby face, but as a heel, when he was teamed with um, with Mr. Perfect, that was mm-hmm. a great combination um, because the poets, the poetry was so cool, and then when he was a heel, it came really, really sad. People really hated Poffo. He got a lot of heat in New York, yeah. a lot of heat. And that, that is it for news and notes. That brings us to... Match of the week. Uh, before we dive into this, we haven't mentioned it, but I will say, especially because so Royal Rumble, I have people come over to my house, people who do not typically watch professional wrestling. Um, I was so glad that Pat McAfee was back for the Rumble because dude just loves it. He enhances it. He made the night a lot of fun, especially for the people that I was with that don't always watch professional wrestling. So I just wanted to give a special shout out. Glad McAfee was back for that. Don't know if he's going to be on SmackDown tomorrow night. Um, WWE hasn't really said anything about that. Don't know when, if he's going to be returning to SmackDown, but it was great to see him. Uh, for and according to reports, the they didn't know he was coming back that night either. Yeah, Michael Cole and, and, and Corey, Corey Graves, Graves did not know there was going to be a third person in the booth. They had no idea. Yeah. But again, McAfee, he's, he, his passion, like he makes pro wrestling fun. We were just discussing with Medusa about how pro wrestling supposed to be fun. He certainly is somebody who makes it a lot of fun. All right, guys, what did you have for your match of the week? Unfortunately, Corey Graves does not make wrestling fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's, he's, he's bad. I'm just hoping McAfee long. coming back uh, leads to no more Booker T on the desk at NXT. Like, we can trickle down that way. Oh, you're one of the 600,000 watching that show yeah. every Tuesday. I have it on in the office. I don't know if I'm watching <laughs> watching it, but it's on. NXT Gabe, Vengeance Day, Saturday night. Gabe and I are not watching that show. Well, that's Can't right. wait for your book report. Well, hold on a second. That's Saturday in Charlotte, right? That is Charlotte on a Peacock, yes. Okay, you. Yep, that's all you. Gabe and I don't watch that show. We're busy. <laughs> We all, we all have time. So we look forward to that. That'll lead the show next week. All right. Broadbreaker, uh, Grayson be... Waller in a cage. Uh, the main event Saturday. Yeah, we'll lead the show with that so we chase all okay. our listeners away. Um, <laughs> so um, just before I get to that, just very briefly, we get on AW's continuity issues. Bad TV. Guys, did you notice? MJF it was in a pull-apart with uh, Takeshita, which is pretty good, right? Pretty mm-hmm. good pull-apart. The next segment, he's trying to confront Roosh and try to give him money for the match next week. Did you notice that? He's fighting with Takeshita, and then all of a sudden, he's in a new shirt, new outfit, and he's like, hey, Pet, you know, Pedro, hey, I want to give you this money. for." The-. I'm like, wait a minute. And, and on top of that, what was the introduction from Excalibur? Let's go back and hear from uh, Rene Paquette. It wasn't even Rene Paquette that was doing the interview. Go back and watch that. Bad mm-hmm. continuity issues, bad TV on the part of AEW uh, yesterday. I mean, my bigger production issue last night was Mox blading in the corner. I saw like, that hey, too. Here, we, here we go, guys. Like, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. no, that should not be like that. That's just, it just, it was not a good night for AEW. And hey, hey Taz might want to take some of this stuff seriously. Um, just maybe once. He doesn't know the difference between Dark and, and uh, Dynamite, clearly. <laughs> 
I liked uh, Samoa Joe Darby Allen for the TV uh, TNT yep. Championship. Um, boy, it's just unbelievable the kind of bumps that Darby takes. He, yeah, he's he's got a death wish, man. Like it, it's just amazing. I love the exposing of the um, of the uh, wood underneath the ring or underneath the mat. Last time we saw that, uh, Bully Ray is the first person I saw to do that in TNA. But so when you start clipping that stuff and pulling the mat apart, it's showing the fans. Oh, there's wood underneath there. Right. So I thought that that was really cool. And the return of Wardlow, I thought was great as well. And I hadn't, I liked Thatcher and Danielson because that's the wrestling I grew up with. You notice Thatcher didn't get a response, but here's the thing: the whole story was about the left arm. Yeah, the whole story was mm-hmm. about the left arm, and I was like, wow, that he's he is working Danielson's arm. And of course, Thatcher's going to lose the the match, but it just showed the resolve of Danielson. So I just liked the story. It wasn't about the match as much as the story. They put a, I mean, I don't even know if Danielson's arm was actually hurt all that leg. I think that was just a bullseye. It wasn't really hurt. I think it's like, here's the arm you work on right here. See all this tape? <laughs> this is the one you work on. And that just like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and so I, I thought it was a good story by, by those two. So for me, I'm also going storyline. Like, I think Roman and KO was good. Like, it was a fun match. Like, Roman always delivers. Obviously, KO can go with a broomstick. But just everything around it, like the Sammy stuff, the Heyman stuff, like that was a really good match. And it was interesting going into the night what, that the fact that they were main eventing was surprising. But I think those two delivered on Saturday. Wait, that was wait, that's last week's. Does that, does that count? Do we bring that yeah, out? Yeah, we usually work yeah, Rampage yeah. in. It's an yeah. hour week. It's a GKW week. Yeah, GKW. Yes, a GKW week, which okay. is well, I which is why I yeah, which is why I went with the to shock of no one. The, I'm picking the best rumble. I'm going to take pick the women's <laughs> rumble. I love the Royal rumble. It was the better of the two rumbles. That is certainly my match of the week. Uh, but I did really enjoy, it. I'm with you. I liked all the different things they did last night yeah. in the um, Samoa Joe Darby Allen match. And I'm glad they got the TNT championship back on Samoa Joe. So we can have that match presumably with Wardlow in about a month when they have revolution I would assume that that would be a TNT championship match for on one of their four pay-per-views, but um, it was exciting to see him back. Clearly he got a good reaction as well, but I'm going with the women's Royal rumble because it's Royal rumble. It was, it was the rumble and it was the better one of the two, which brings me to this point was the rumble good enough where you, you make the call. We talked about this last week. If, if the Royal rumble was disappointing, <laughs> I did not rant about it this week. I enjoyed it. I didn't have to yell about it. Are we doing a specialty show during the Royal Rumble next year? Uh, not on Saturday. The next, <laughs> the, the next day, the next day when you sober up. Yes. Okay. I like that. That's a good idea. It's a very yeah. good idea. I, I think that we should, I think, honestly, and that's off the air discussion, I think we probably should have re- returned after you had the ice pack on your head, drunk, and then <laughs> and, and, and being able to, and having your hangover. I think we should have done it then on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Because, Saturday, I'm watching them like, yeah, you know what, Gabe's right. You know, you can't come on with this because it's a good, really solid rumble. I have very few, uh, you know, complaints. So it's a good rumble. Absolutely. And it went pretty late, too. That was yeah. the other thing. It went pretty late after, I mean, because that Sammy, that the stuff just took a long, I'm not complaining about it because right. it was good. They they let all that stuff after the match breathe. And that made the moment of Sammy cracking Roman over the back of the chair pop well, that much. Don't blame yeah, don't blame that. Blame Hardy. Was that how long was that concert? Ten minutes. Why was that necessary? 
<laughs> I I don't even know. Apparently, that's country music now. I I don't know. Dustin Rhodes on Twitter said that is not country music. Okay, so. all right, that's good to know. Well, it's <laughs> good know. to know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last, last thing, you have the uh, the ratings. What was the ratings for Dynamite? Uh, Nine hundred to one thousand was uh, what they drew. I uh, believe it was a point three one in the demo, and they finished second of the night. So they finished behind the first game on ESPN last night, which was a blowout of a basketball game between the Celtics and Nets. Um, but they finished second in the demo and they had been finishing third. So despite the overall number being down a little bit, they finished a little bit higher in the demo. Kind of Again, it's, it's kind of where they've always been. It's been a relatively consistent number and it's easy to see why um, Time Warner uh, would be happy with that. Where did, where did 100,000 fans go? Wasn't it, wasn't it a million last week? Where'd yep, it go? It was. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? A blob. Like it was a blob basketball game. You're not staying off for a quarter. Yeah. So nope. where, where did they go? I mean, you had a million, and this was, I thought, a solid dynamite. It was, it was very yeah. good. So, Other than the continuity issues that you talked about, but yeah, I, I mean, and, and honestly, I don't know how many people would have even noticed that, you know, if they were watching it. It just is just bad. I just didn't yeah. like that. But but ultimately, it was a good dynamite, and we got Wardlow back. Where those fans go? And that's the inconsistency of AEW, the up and down. People are because this is what happens when you're stretching everything out to try to get to a March right. pay per view. Right. We got to go through another month of storylines to finally get to Revolution. So we'll see. And I'm convinced they don't know how they're ending Mox and Hangman. Mox is never getting that vacation. I got an idea. Best of seven. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Brown Ball Rock. Bring it back. You paid for it once already. Why not? You know, might as well take advantage of it now that you got it, Tony. <laughs> they beat the hell out of each other. Here we go with a finish, a roll up. There you go, roll up. That's what you want it. That's what you, that gets the job done. Holy cow! It, honestly, like I really enjoyed that match until the finish, and the finish was mm-hmm. so bad it was like, okay, I can't make match of the week. <laughs> if Darby's gonna do something crazy on those stairs at Wright State, do me a favor, put the camera on it. I think he's, he tumbled down half the stairs. No camera shot. Bad job by AEW. Just, just for a good dynamite, their camera work leaves and their continuity leaves a lot to be desired. But I'm done with that. My, my yellow pad's closed. I'm sure Jay Hood will have more continuity issues with AEW next week. I'm excited for next week because we're going to get some clarification on what's happening with the bloodline tomorrow night on SmackDown. And, of course, we're going to discuss it all next week right here on Thursday on GKW.